And time for our weekly wellness update. Here's our wellness expert, Laura DeSanctis, who joins us this time each and every Thursday. Laura, good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Good afternoon. Okay, spring. It is finally here. It's official. And of course, spring is it's a time of renewal. And I know in the wellness space, there's a lot of talk about uh, renewing and uh, spring detoxes, right? Yeah, there's so much about um, spring reset, spring detoxes, uh, cleaning out the pipes, um, cleaning out your liver. It's a big time in the health and wellness industry. But I think, too, just even overall, as we're like all coming out of hibernation, um, we're coming out of that winter mode. So we're not craving so much of those heavy comfort foods like those stews or sometimes the potatoes or the yams. We're I don't know about you, Jeff, but I feel like when spring, summertime comes around, even my body's just so in tune where I crave the lighter foods, like the salads, the cucumbers, the fresh fruits. Do you feel that way? Big time, yes. I really do kind of shift to maybe uh, more of a Mediterranean diet, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I find like as we transition into spring, our body, it's natural for our bodies to, to do that transition as well. But I love the Mediterranean diet. It's one of my favorites. All right. So when it comes to spring detox, what do we mean by that uh, exactly? Is it just switching to lighter foods or is it more than that, Laura? Uh, it is. But I think when we think about spring detoxing in the springtime, it's um, when our liver and our gallbladder really need to cleanse. So a lot of people find that when they do these detoxes, and it really depends on the type of detox that you do, but some of the side effects is that they lose weight or they improve their digestion. They feel more energized. Um, and even when it comes to emotional feeling. So when we come to spring detoxing or detoxing in general, it's not necessarily just the foods that we're eating, but it's our environment and our emotions. It's all of that. We we talk about holistic practices, holistic wellness. We look at the body as a whole. Um, so when we, we talk about spring detoxing, it's not just about um, the food that we're eating, but everything that we're processing as well. And a lot of it comes down to even our environment. All right. So give us some examples, if you could. What are some practical things people that are listening to us right now they can do if they want to kind of renew this spring or do a spring detox? Yeah, I think it's really looking at, if we're looking at our diet specifically, uh, we can incorporate more detox foods or superfoods. So onions are really great. Um, They're similar to apples where they really help feed that good bacteria in our gut. So a lot of us have heard about the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. So we really want to ensure that we have really good bacteria in our guts. Probiotics is a great supplement to take, but also having those foods. So the onions are great. The apples are great. And what I love about onions too is they um, do a really good job about breaking down the weight in our large intestine. So when we think about detoxing, sometimes there's that negative connotation, but there really shouldn't be because it shouldn't be about uh, depriving yourself and restricting. You should be thinking about what kind of foods can I add into my diet, especially uh, come the spring season, even fermented foods. So uh, if you're a fan of sauerkraut or kimchi, try to get those into your diet because they'll really give your digestive system that extra boost. Um, And I find even probiotic foods, those really help as well. Uh, Leeks and garlic, those really help support um, the body in terms of liver detoxing. And they're also great for cardiovascular health. But not so. this is something that I think is pretty important is that when we think about detoxing, our body naturally detoxes every day. So think about what can I add into my daily routine um, that's going to help my body feel better. So uh, the fruits, Mm. the vegetables, and of course, hydration is key. Absolutely. And there is a difference between detoxing and a cleanse, right? Because I think a lot of people, when they hear the word detox, are going to go do a spring detox. They automatically think of one of these cleanses. Yeah. 
That's right. And I'm not a big fan of these cleanses, uh, the juice cleanses, where you're restricting, uh, you know, for 10 to 12 days and you're not eating at all. You're just having juices or you're cutting out all these food groups and just having one fruit group. Because what happens is your body's deprived and you're not really teaching yourself a long-term lifestyle strategy. So for me, I think it's really about drinking more water, staying hydrated, um, even eating less sugar. So cutting out that processed sugar. And we talk about this a lot on the show because that really helps reduce inflammation. But having sugar, you can still have sugar in your diet, but having it from fruits, like I love fruits, pineapple, kiwis, I share a lot about that on my Instagram too. So having those natural sources of sugar, and then at 2 or 3 p.m., you're not going to feel tired because of that blood sugar lows and those spikes. You know, you and I have mentioned this before and talked about this, but is a good question to be asking yourself when you're doing a detox, and even when you're not consciously doing a detox, just before you eat something is, why am I eating this? What, what, What good is this doing me and my body? That's right. So that mindful eating, um, why am I eating this? Is this going to nourish me? How am I going to feel after I eat it? I always like to ask uh, people to check in with themselves. And if you find that you're craving something, that could also be that your body is out of balance. But come spring, summertime, as I said, I find that I naturally crave like those green smoothies, the green foods, the cucumbers, the spinach, the salads, because not only are they in season and they taste fresh, but they also they're light. So they're not heavy on the body. All right. Joined by our wellness expert, Laura DeSanctis, each and every Thursday at this time. Also, I wanted to go over some uh, healthy eating myths this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Myths that uh, maybe you've accepted as truths and you think are uh, serving you well, doing you and your body well, but not necessarily so. Including, we're going to start with uh, this myth that uh, over-restricting calories. I mean, that's something that people do all the time when they're trying to lose weight, but they think Mm -hmm. that that's healthy, a healthy approach. I don't necessarily think that's the healthiest approach. And I know, uh, Jessica, we've talked about this too in the show, like 1,200 calories, it really varies what your overall goals are. It varies from person to person. And I find it's very, very restrictive when we look at 1,200 calories a day. Um, and my belief is that the best diet is the one that you can follow. And it shouldn't necessarily be a diet. It's something that's easy and something you can incorporate throughout your life. So that 1,200 calories, I think it's very hard for even a lot of people to unlearn that diet culture where they demonize certain foods. But um, there's no hard and fast rules when it comes to dieting. It's really, I, I don't even like that word dieting. I think taking that out and that restriction, that 1,200 calories every day, that means I can't eat this or I can't eat that because I'm going to go over my 1,200 calorie count for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very restrictive, and I don't think it works for a lot of people. No, it didn't work for me. I can tell you that. It was years ago that uh, you know I dropped that, and you and I have talked about mindful eating and intuitive eating. And that's something that has really worked for me in asking that question that we just mentioned a moment ago. Why am I eating this? Combining that with just regular exercise and not trying to exercise to like, oh, I got to burn 400 calories on the treadmill today or this uh, workout. But just exercising regularly and regularly eating healthy has paid the biggest dividend Sorry for me. Yeah, and same for me too. I mean, I used to demonize certain foods or food groups or certain um, like carbohydrates or sugars, and there's nothing wrong with that, even if you want to have a treat. So that 1,200 calories, and then let's say you went over one day and you had 1,600, you're going to go to the gym and just kill yourself because, you know, oh, I went over today. And I don't think that's long-term that's effective, and that's not the life that most people can live. So I think long-term it has a lot of negative impacts on the body. Okay, up next, this myth that everybody should be gluten-free because gluten is inflammatory. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't think gluten, I, I know for some people it works really well. It really depends. Everyone's body, everyone's microbiome. So your digestive system is so unique to yourself. It's just unique like your own fingerprint. So it's very hard to say to everyone, oh, just cut out gluten or cut out a certain food group. I know for myself and for a lot of people that have digestive issues, gluten doesn't necessarily agree with me. If you have celiac disease, of course, then you're going to be super gluten sensitive. But um, I don't think for a lot of people they need to avoid it completely. Um, that's something that I don't know if it's necessarily a myth, but gluten, depending on the source that it's from, can certainly be inflammatory if it's a lot of processed food or fast foods that have gluten in it um, or the chips and then, you know, the candies that sometimes have gluten that can be inflammatory as well. But again, it really, everyone's body responds differently. So I always tell people, pay attention. When we talk about that mindful eating, how do you feel before, during and after you eat something? Check in with yourself. Okay, got time for one last one, and this is a big one, I think, for a lot of people. Carbs, carbohydrates, they're bad for you. <laughs> so anyone that's following the keto diet will probably not like this little uh, segment right now when we talk about carbs, because on the keto diet, you pretty much restrict yourself from carbohydrates. I don't believe carbohydrates are the enemy. I think it's the type of carbohydrates. So if you're having a lot of those um, starchy, the pastas, the bread, the white rice, that's carbohydrates. And I think if you eat a lot of that, um, Obviously, you may notice that there, for certain people, that is going to make you feel bloated or tired, or it's just not going to agree with your body. But there's also carbohydrates in fruits and vegetables as well. So it's really the source and how much are you eating these carbohydrates and why are you eating them? And you need, you need carbohydrates to sustain. You need carbohydrates because your brain runs on glucose. So I think uh, the carbohydrates that have been demonized, that they're so bad for you. I don't think that's true either. I believe in everything in moderation. Yeah, they're energy, right? Carbs. And I can tell you, somebody who really restricted their carbs at one time uh, for about six months, I felt like crap. Me too. Me too. I felt like a totally different person. Mm -hmm. Laura, appreciate it as always. Thanks so much for this. We'll talk again next Thursday. Thank you. All right. There's our wellness expert, Laura DeSantis. And we're back after this here in the Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.